0: Thank you for listening to the First Christian Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. Here you will be able to listen to all of our Sunday morning sermons. Be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button so you don't miss a sermon. Enjoy today's message. Chris started this series a couple weeks ago with this whole idea of notifications and just how addictive our screens can be. And he encouraged us to Take some time, maybe do a detox, but really examine how we interact with our screens and encourage us to put in some healthy habits so that we can interact with our screens in a way that better honors and glorifies God. And then last week he talked about this idea that um, we should not allow our screens to take the place of God, but instead we should use our screens to enhance our relationship with God. We've been hanging out in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 for this series, and it says this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And today we are finishing up the series with a title called Screen Door. Now, we love our back screen door. And actually, if you're watching us online, I'm going to step off the screen for just a moment because I've actually brought our back screen door with me this morning. So let me, let me grab that. We love our screen door. Here in just a matter of a few weeks, we're going to be able to open up the, screen, the doors and allow The fresh breeze to blow through, and at our house, we'll be able to hear the chickens and the goose in the backyard, which is always exciting for us. We have this screen door attached to the back of our house. And as you can see, it is not your typical screen door. As with most things at our house, it has been very mustenfied. Uh, that's where we take something that, that is normal and typical and we just make it our own that works well for us. See, so it started out as a normal screen door that we attached to our house, and we very quickly found out that our dogs liked to push through the bottom part of the screen, now, which was annoying you know, it was going to let in all kinds of stuff, insects and and whatnot. But the the thing that really pushed us over the edge that told us we really need to do something about this was when Kirsten was out in the backyard and I was doing something in the living room and uh, she sees our dog chase a chicken out of our living room. And we decided we needed to make our screen door tougher so that chickens were not running in and out of our house. And so we decided to put this screen mesh on it so that the dogs and kids, kids weren't really pushing through at that point, but uh, so that they couldn't push their way through and chickens couldn't push their way in. And uh, we put this doggy door on that was heavy enough that the dogs could get out and in so we wouldn't have to open the screen door, but chickens would stay where they're supposed to be, out in the backyard. Um, But as you can see, we have been very intentional about what we allow in and out of our screen door. And that's the great thing about screens. They allow certain things in and keep other things out. And if you get nothing else from this morning's message, I want you to get this. That with these screens, we have to be very intentional about what we allow through the screen and what we allow to the screen. Let me say that again. We have to be very intentional about what we allow through the screen. Chris talked about that a couple weeks ago. We have to be intentional about the things that we allow from the screen into our eyes, from the screen into our ears. We need to be very cautious. We need to set up boundaries for that. But we also need to be intentional about what we allow from us to the screen. And that is where we're going to focus in this morning. The book of Romans was written that we're pretty certain, not 100%, but pretty certain the book of Romans was written by Paul. And Paul was very intentional with the way that he set up the entire book of Romans. He set it up uh, in a very intentional way to talk about how far a person has come. And he says this, he says, we were... Once all sinners separated from God, all of us, all of us were once sinners separated from God. All of us were once people that didn't know who Jesus was, that needed saving, that needed pulled out of where we were. And God came and offered us a way to be saved. He came and said, you know what? I'm going to give you my son so that you can have a relationship with me. It's through Jesus Christ that we find true life. And this life is available to everyone. And Paul has spent Romans from chapter 1 all the way up until where we are now in chapter 12, building this narrative. You were once sinners. Jesus came to save you. God offers you life. Life is found through Jesus Christ. Life is available to everyone. And he gets to Romans 12, and it's here. That he starts getting into some really practical steps for what's next. Because if this life is available to everyone, then Paul is about to tell us we have to create an irresistible community where people can find that life and know that life through Jesus Christ. I love this idea of an irresistible community. Back in 2004, I joined a relatively new social networking site called Facebook. It was only available to college students. You had to have a .edu email address in order to be able to sign up, and I absolutely loved it. It gave me a chance to connect with my friends even when we weren't hanging out, connect with my friends that were back home while I was away at school. It was just absolutely incredible. Since 2004, Facebook has just exploded. There are now over a billion Facebook users, and it has spawned other social networking sites like Instagram, Twitter, and a whole lot of others. And, and since that time, since Facebook came on the scene and all of these other social, social networking sites, there's this word that has kind of become a part of our culture, and it's called the online community. Some of you are are with us this morning. You're watching the sermon online. You're part of our online community. It's, it's something that, that is just a part of our culture today. And Paul, when he wrote the book of Romans, had absolutely no idea that a couple thousand years later there would be this thing called the internet and this online community. But he did know that we have to create an irresistible community. And so this morning, as we're talking about our screens, I want to talk about what it looks like to create an irresistible community through our screens, through our social media, through the way that we interact with others on social media. In Romans chapter 12, Paul jumps right in to just some really practical do's and don'ts. And this first one is really just kind of a gut check. He just kind of takes a sucker punch. Starting in verse 4, 3, sorry. He says, For the, by the grace given me I say to you, every one of you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Now, that verse is really pretty easy to easy to read. It's written in an English that, you know, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to. Okay, then no, no, that's fine. But the New Living Translation really just punches it home. Don't think you're better than you really are. Wow. Don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. You see, we live in a culture that measures our value by how many likes, how many shares, how many hearts, how many retweets we get. We post pictures in order to have people build us up. We post things about our lives to see how far that can go. We live in a culture that says, you find your value by how many friends you have, by how many followers you have, by by how many people comment on the statuses that you place. And because we live in that culture, we try to make our lives look as good as physically possible. We try to make our lives seem like they are the best lives ever. And the tendency, the temptation is to step in front of the screen and go, look how good I am, everybody look at me, I am awesome, my life is together, I've got it all, this is just the life that you want, like my status, heart my status, share it, follow it, retweet it. But Paul says, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. See, what Paul says is that instead of stepping in front of the screen and trying to gain our own value and gain our own respect and earn our own approval, we step behind the screen. And we realize we don't have value because of who likes our stuff. We don't have value because we get a million shares. We have value because the God of the universe that spoke the stars into existence says, you have value. And see, that changes the way that we post. Does that mean don't post about your life? Don't post when things are great? No. Does that mean don't post pictures of yourself? Absolutely not. I think you should post those things and be an encouragement to others around you. But what it does mean is that when you go to post, you do a real quick check. Are you posting like this? Or are you posting through the screen and being intentional about what you allow to your phone and you post it through the screen of Romans 12 that says, all right, I'm not doing this because I think I'm great. I'm just doing this because I want to encourage people around me. You see, here's the thing is that when we step in front of the screen, the honest truth is we destroy community. The people that step in front of the screen destroy community because they're concerned about themselves, they're concerned about how they look, and they will tear others down to get where they need to be. This, this is a struggle for me at times, I'll just be honest with you guys. When a video gets posted of something that I say, a Truth Tuesday video or something like that, I'll, I'll check to see how many shares did it get? How many likes did it get? Did people like what I had to say? And I've got to continually remind myself, I don't have value because people liked what I said. I don't have value because of how many shares I got. I don't have value because of the compliments that I got. I have value because I'm measuring myself by the faith God has given me. And God said, you're valuable. It doesn't matter what anybody else says about you. It doesn't matter what you've heard your entire life. You're valuable. And you are loved. And God has a plan for you. We've got to post through the screen of Romans 12. And that can be really hard. And that, After verse 3, Paul goes into uh, just some lists of just some very straightforward do's and don'ts. He starts off by saying this. He starts off by saying, we all belong to each other. We all belong to each other. Whether we agree, disagree, think the same, think differently, we all belong to each other. See, God has gifted us all with gifts, passions, and abilities that are to be used for his kingdom. It's called kingdom work. If you're a student in our student ministry, you hear me talk about this every single week. God has given each of us gifts and abilities He's given each of us passions and things that we enjoy and like to be used for his kingdom. He's given each of us relationships so that we can use the things that we like and the things that we're good at to build relationships with people around them, to draw them into Jesus, to create this irresistible community. And Paul says, we are all important. My gifts are are not any more important than your gifts, and your gifts are not any more important than my gifts, because Paul says we all belong to each other. We are doing this as one big team to create a community that draws others in to Jesus Christ. And he goes on with just some, some pretty straightforward do's and don'ts. Let your love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Love one another Don't be lazy. Rejoice. Be patient. Pray continually. Show hospitality. All things that help create an irresistible community. And then he ends this short section of Scripture similar to the way that he started this section of Scripture. He says in chapter 12, starting in verse 14, Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those that are happy and weep with those that weep. Live in harmony with each other. And he continues, Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. Yikes! Don't think you know it all. You know, it's 2020, it's an election year in a very, very divided country. And the temptation is to act like we just know everything. See, the temptation is when someone posts something on that social media site for us to go, (laughs) you do not understand. Let me just enlighten you a little bit. Right? And then you just tear them apart. And the thing is, is that, that we just, we gain confidence by the people that agree with us. And it turns into this entire battle. And guess what it does? It destroys community. You see, here's the thing, is that when we post, comment, share, like we know it all, the people that think differently than us, the people that may not know who Jesus Christ is, the tendency is for them to look at that and go, dude, if if that's Jesus, I don't want any part of it. And that's the last thing we want. The last thing that I want is for something that I post online to be the thing that someone says, if that's who Jesus is, I don't want any part of it. You see, there is a time and a place to have those honest conversations where we hold each other accountable. But those honest conversations are not a time and a place where we blast it out for the whole world to see on the internet. Those honest conversations are when you have a relationship and you love someone and they love you and you. They, You sit down together face-to-face and you say, listen, I, I care about you, I love you, here's some things I noticed about your life. But when we post on the internet, we need to post from this screen of saying, everything that I post, I don't have to act like I know it all. Instead, I want to create an irresistible community where people feel loved and valued and respected. I want to create a community where people say, man, if that's who Jesus is, I'd like to get to know him a little bit better. It doesn't mean we all think the same. It doesn't mean that our convictions are any less valid. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't stand for what you believe. But, but Paul's pretty straightforward. He says, bless those that persecute you. And I know what you're thinking. I know you're thinking, dude, I'm just standing up for what I believe in. I know you're thinking, they just attacked me. I've got to stand firm. And the people in Rome were saying the same thing to Paul. See, Paul was writing to people in Rome that were being persecuted. Let me say that again. People, Christians in Rome... Think gladiator contests. Think crucifixions. Think lions in the Colosseum. People in Rome being persecuted. And Paul writes to them and says, When you feel persecuted, bless those that persecute you. What? Bless those that persecute you how would our internet conversations change if instead of acting like we know it all, we just decided to bless? I know, I know that you sit in this room and you feel persecuted. There's no question about that. But Paul is very straightforward. If we want to create a community that draws people to Jesus Christ then we've got to bless those that persecute us. We've got to stop acting like we know it all. Because the last thing we want is to push people away. I have never in my life made a change because someone looked at me and said, you're wrong. And I bet you haven't either. But I have changed when someone that I love has come to me, and I've built a relationship with that person. There's an irresistible community there, and they have said, listen, CJ, there's some things that I'm worried about for you. That's what changes lives. And this whole Facebook, Instagram, social media thing, I don't think anything that we ever post that says, you're wrong and here's why, is ever going to change anybody's life. But you know what can change lives? When we tell people how valuable they are, and they get to know us, and we build a relationship, and then we have those honest conversations. That's what's going to change lives. The love of Jesus Christ works on people's hearts, not people that think they know it all. And I know that's hard. It's hard to stand up here and say that. Because everything inside of us wants to step in front of the screen and be like, y'all just need to listen to me because I'm pretty smart. And God says, no. Step behind the screen. Don't think you're better than you are. Don't think you know it all. Step behind the screen and everything you post should be a post that creates irresistible community. And we got to be very intentional about what comes from us to our screen." Very intentional about what we allow from here to the screen. 2020 is going to be a big year. But what if in 2020, the people just in this room took Romans 12 seriously in referring to our social media? What if in 2020 we didn't think we were better than we are? What if in 2020 we realized that we all belong to each other? Right, left, liberal, conservative, Republican, Democrat, whether we agree, disagree, or on the same page, totally opposite page, guys, we, we belong to each other. What if we blessed those that persecuted us or thought differently than we do? What if instead of searching for that perfect comeback, we encouraged them? And what if we didn't think we knew it all? Guys, I tell you what, if just the people in this room did that, Facebook feeds, Instagram feeds, Twitter pages, would radically change. And I'm convinced that if just the people in this room lived this out, there would be people that looked at us and said, dude, something is going on at First Christian Church. And I got to figure out what it is, because this is crazy. This is weird. I want to be known. I want FCC to be known as a church that is so crazy that we're willing to live this stuff out. I want FCC to be this irresistible community that people see online, in person, and they're like, I got to be there. I want FCC to be a place where someone walks through the door and they say, I don't believe in Jesus. I don't agree with anything they say, but I still want to be there every Sunday because there's just something there that I'm missing. When that happens... God's going to work on their heart. God's going to change their lives. It's our job to create the atmosphere and the community where God can work. And oftentimes, that doesn't start here. That starts here. I give our students a really practical application every single week. Every single week, I want them to walk away knowing, okay, if I want to take a next step in my faith, here's what I have to do. I know what to do when I walk out the door so that I can take another step in my faith with Jesus Christ. And this morning, I'm going to give you a practical application. It's going to be two parts. The first part we're going to do together right now. So what I want you to do is I want you to pull out your phones, your tablets, whatever you have on you. Go ahead and pull those out. I know it's weird. You're usually like supposed to keep those on silent and in your pocket during church, but go ahead and pull them out. I'll give you guys time to do that. And then I want you to open them up and unlock them and open up your favorite social media site, whatever that may be, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. I know, crazy. Ministers tell me to go to social media. Nuts. Then go to your homepage and just scroll. What do you see? Are your posts creating irresistible community? Are they drawing controversy? Are they creating a space where someone that totally disagrees with you would still want to come to know Jesus? Are we acting like we know it all? See, that's hard, it's challenging. The temptation is there to step in front of the screen. This week, the the second part of the practical challenge is this. Every time you post, every time you comment, every time you tweet, every time you share an article, before you do that, you just step behind the screen of Romans 12 Am I doing this to create an irresistible community? Or am I trying to make myself look good or pretend like I know it all or rip someone apart that's persecuted me? You see, when we create this irresistible community, people's lives will be changed. But it's countercultural. It goes against the grain. But the cool thing is, a whole lot of the way that Jesus changed the world was countercultural. Jesus often went against the grain and he calls us to do the same thing. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this morning. And I just thank you for the opportunity to be here. I thank you that you find us valuable. I thank you that... We have access to social media. And God, I pray that we would use that as a tool to create irresistible community. That people would want to know you because of how we post online. God, thank you for loving us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you would stand and sing with us, if you've got a decision to make this morning.